uh, discuss today a little bit about the portion of Aichi, as uh, we do every week of the Torah T. And um, there's a few interesting things, uh, a lot of interesting things, but um, we're going to touch on uh, the, um, I guess the, the first question, you know, that one asks himself that we can learn from the Parsha, that we can learn the message is, you know, a lot of times we go through uh, difficult times, uh, hardship. You know, Yaakov would be the prime example. Uh, Yaakov would be the prime example for somebody who had to, uh, most of his life, uh, go through uh, difficulties. Um, uh, it started from the womb, actually, because still what in the mother's womb, he was fighting with Esau over there. Uh, so they were battling already over there. But then, of course, uh, then we read about um, Esau and Yaakov and how Esau was, wanted to kill Yaakov and Yaakov had to run away. And then he ran to his uncle, to Lavan, which wasn't a picnic. Um, and then he had the wives, and the, you know they were, you know, he, he wanted Rachel. He got Leah, and they got Leah and Rachel, and then Rachel didn't have any children, and he went through a lot, a lot of difficulties. The waters warmed up. After he finishes there, then again he meets up with Esau, and then Yosef is taken away from him, and then he's mourning for Yosef, and for all these years, for 22 years, and. He was already at the age of 130 when he came to uh, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says to him, how old are you? Oh, he said, I'm 130, but my years were all difficult, bad. I had hardship all, all along my time. So if somebody complains and thinks that they have it hard, um, then we look at uh, Yaakov and we see Yaakov had a very hard life. Very hard life, it seems. But this week's parsha begins with the words, Vaychi Yaakov. Yaakov lived. Yaakov lived. Now, the Torah says, Yaakov lived in the land of Egypt. He lived for 17 years. And then the Torah goes on to say that he lived for 147 years. But the math seems to be redundant because... Uh, if he's if he's 130 when he came there, that's what he said. So either you say that he lived till 147, then you know that it was 17 years, or you say that he lived for 17 years in Egypt. If you total up 137, you get 147. Why does the Torah have to separate and say, first of all, he left 17 years, and then it says all of his life was 137. Well, there's a message over here. The Torah is trying to tell you that sort of those last 17 years, they compensated. They sort of compensated for all of his troubles that he had. I mean, you think about it, you know, a lot of times, you know, people struggle financially. Uh, sometimes they struggle health-wise. Sometimes they struggle, you know, emotionally. Sometimes family matters. Sometimes... Nachas, sometimes, you know, whatever it is, the people struggle. Um, and at the time that we're struggling, 
we think, oh, you know what? How would we ever pull through? I mean, how are we going to manage? And um, and at the end, here we see. Explains Rashi explains that really, the Torah singles out the seventeen years to tell you that these seventeen years was a chunk of good years. They're not part of the one uh, forty-seven. But yet, they impacted all the 147 years. So when you looked at Yaakov in total, he said, I had a great life. All my life was beautiful. <laughs> all 147 years were beautiful. Notwithstanding all the tsuris and all the difficulty he had, he says they were all beautiful. All because of the end of the 17 years. The end of the 17 years sort of compensated and made up for the hardships that he had throughout his life. So, the question is, how? How could we actually say by Yechi Yaakov? There's something very interesting about this Parsha, which is different than any other Parsha in the Torah. Want to look something about Vayichi? What is specially about Vayichi? There's no break in between the... Okay, parts. so you don't need me to tell you this, so you know on your own. It's the only Parsha in the Torah which doesn't have a break between the previous Parsha, the end of Vayigash, to Vayichi. In other words, every Parsha, how do we know where there is a separate section? There is a space in between, small space, but there is a space in between Two parshas, you know, the new parsha begins. But Vayichi has no space in the Torah, of course. In the Chumash, you're not going to see that. But when you read the Torah, there is no space. What does that mean? What is the significance that there is no space? So, there's various different... The Medrash gives you various, three different... Something closed, something it's showing you that it's not open, that it's closed. What, what's closed about it? Some people, the Medrash says, one interpretation, the Medrash says, well, his tsaris closed. Now there's no more tsaris. Now there's no more troubles. Rashi says um, that uh, Yaakov was going to tell his children about when Mashiach is going to come, when the end of the Galus is going to be. It was closed. He couldn't... Uh, and another interpretation, Rashi says, that what was closed is that after Yaakov's death, the good finished, and now the service began. Everything closed. In other words, the good stopped in the... Now, one would think that Vayichi, uh, Yaakov, should be talking about the positive. In other words, oh, he lived in Yaakov. So when we say closed, maybe we should say closed the service. That should be the first choice. But the Medrash is the last choice, and it's also, Rashi doesn't even bring it down. So, what Rebbe points out, he says, well, the only place to make a sign when you want to say something closed is between two parshas, you know, that's where you can make, either separate them or make them close. So when you close it something by the parsha, you're actually closing not just the first words, not the words by Yaakov, you're closing the whole Parsha, the whole, the whole story of the Parsha, you're closing whatever the Parsha is going to talk about. 
So Yaakov's, um, the fact that Yaakov's Torah is finished, that was only for a short while in the parsha, right? It says Yaakov lived there for 17 years. And, but everything else talks about Yaakov's passing already and how they buried him and how he, okay, he blessed his sons before his passing and then how they took him to Egypt, how they passed him and how the, uh, all the uh, sons of, of, of Yosef, when Yosef was there and he dies. So it talks mostly about his death. It almost seems like, very strange, Ruby says, it almost seems like the first words of this Parsha should have been the last words of the previous Parsha, because in the previous Parsha we learned that they came down to the land of Goshen, they came down to visit Yosef, and they lived with all the brothers, the whole family, there was a reunion and everything was good. Vaichi Yaakov, and Yaakov lived the 17 years there. That was the good, that was the ending, that belongs in the previous Parsha. The second part of the verse, which says, oh, Yaakov lived for 147 years, and then he blessed his sons, that should be the new parsha, but the good living isn't really what's happening in our parsha. That's really in the past uh, by Yaakov, and that's why when we're saying about the parsha is closed, we're not talking about specifically about Yaakov's life, but we're talking about what happened after his life. Same thing with Chayasara. Chayasara also, in a way, and we have actually have a very similar, a very similar message. From that, from the Chayyim uh, Sorin, and the Rebbe brings out the same along the same lines as we'll be discussing a little bit later on uh, over here about the same, same, basically the same general concept yeah. over here. Mm-hmm. So, why is the Vayu Chayyim Sorin the beginning of the of the of this week's portion when most of it is, and not only that, the whole parsha is called Vayichi, and he lived. Which means that it's all talking about Yaakov's passing. Passing. It's talking about after his death. So now the 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 real question becomes, and this is, gives us another perspective. We're trying to understand how Yaakov could be lived, and how and how Yaakov could be. All of his years were great when he experienced so much service, and how does everything fall into place? We have to first understand. What does it mean, true life? What does it mean to live true life? Actually, true life can only be attributed to Hashem. He's the real living force. Why? Because Hashem is, lives forever. There is no stopping. By, by the way, it says that the seal of the name of Hashem is the word emes, truth, is Hashem. That's Hashem's seal. Why? Because Aleph is the first letter of the alphabet. And Mem is the middle letter of the alphabet, and Tav is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. MS means that it goes from the top all the way to the end. Something which is true, is consistent, is there, never ceases, is there all the time. It says, the verse says, Vashem Elikeichem. Hashem Elikim Chaim Elikim exactly the language of the but it means why is Hashem called the living God? Because He's the true God. Which means that something which is only there for a while is not really alive, it's not really true, because it's only there temporary. Something which is goes through and goes through from the beginning of the Allah to the end, all situations. Somebody who is forever 
we human beings are temporary. We're here for the time that we're here in this world, and then we're gone. So we're not truly here. Even when we're here, we're not really here. Like, for example, there's a law, we see this also in halacha, there's a law that there are certain, that, that when you use for the pora aduma, that's for the red heifer, the water that you use has to be mayim chayim, it has to be living water. So, the halacha, the Gemara says, sometimes you have rivers that dry out once in seven years. But what about in the third year, when there's beautiful water going there? Not Mayim Chaim, that's not living waters. Why? You can't use it. Why? Because if they stop once in seven years, that means that even when they're there, they're not really there. Because they're not eternal. They're not all the time. Anything which is not permanent, which is not all the time, is not really there. Even when they're there, they're not really there. So everything in the world besides Hashem is not really there because it's only everything is temporary, it's not permanent. Hashem is the only thing that's permanent, and therefore He's the true living Chaim. But God is an idea. It's not a... It's God an entity. A thing. There's yeah. a creator. Right. It's, it's not something we can see or feel like human beings Okay, are. But that's why He's life. But that's why He's Chaim. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is that you can also be alive permanently. How is that? A legacy. It says, yeah, a legacy. Good, very good. We're going to discuss that. But the Pasuk says, Ve'atem hadveikim. Say it all the time when you take out the Torah and you say when they announce it, you look in the sitter, you'll see, you say this verse. Ve'atem hadveikim ba'ashem elokeichem chayim you that you are connected, you're cleaving to God, your God, you're also alive. Which means if we connect to Hashem, since Hashem is alive and He is eternally really alive, if we connect to Hashem, that means that we're alive as well. Because we're connected with something which is alive, which is eternal. Now, how does one uh, see or realize that you're really alive? That you're really alive, that you're connected to Hashem? That how do you connect to Hashem that we should say that you're really alive? And that is, when you go through hardship and you go through difficulties, and you still, notwithstanding the challenges you have, you still keep on saying, I am connected to Hashem. Look, one of the Medrash says, and Rashi brings it down, the Jewish people were already being so worked so hard in Mitzrayim, and even that their hearts and their minds, they already stopped thinking about Hashem, almost, and they start, stopped believing that they're ever going to get out for free. Like Sholem Mordechai Rabashkin, who was just released from prison, uh, he never thought he'd get out of prison for another 27 years, or for another, tw- uh, whatever, 19 years. Never thought he would. Stop believing. People that were in Mitzrayim, that were in such a situation, they didn't see how the possibility would be ever getting out. Egypt was a powerful uh, government, you can't run away from there, you can't escape. Certainly, 
not an individual, how is this ever going to change? How is everyone going to get out? They get out. They... But yet, the Jewish people continued to do what they could and stay connected to Hashem, even though it was so difficult. And the same thing is for us now, because things are so difficult for us. And we have, just like in those days, they were their hearts and their mind from the slavery. We have modern day slavery. We have modern day distractions. We have all kinds of, of, of issues that def- deflect us, take us away from our desire to be connected to Hashem. And we almost, uh, you know, uh, want to give up. It's, it's a closed, you know, like the parish is closed. You know, our, our hearts are closed anymore. We can't, we almost give up hope. We give up uh, uh, even trying sometimes, maybe, we're in a situation. But it's precisely then that while we are not really feeling, while we are not really uh, seeing and we are not, and we continue to believe and stay strong and do mitzvahs and act of kindness and do that. And that proves to us that we're actually connected to Hashem, that it's lasting through, it's emes, that it's true, it goes through. You know, when you learn Torah and you do mitzvahs when things are just good for you, you know, you're, you have uh, all your needs met, you're, you're financially stable, your health, everything is just perfect. And then you're going to sit and you're going to be saying, I'm going to dive and I'm going to learn. Okay, that's, that's to be expected. That doesn't mean that it's true. That only means that you're doing it because things are good for you. At that time, you can, you can do it. But what about when things are difficult? So, actually, Yaakov raised you know, a family. He raised it in, 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 in Lovon over there. But we didn't know really about Yaakov. We didn't really know how is he going to fear. I mean, what's going to happen with his family? You know, here they took Yosef and they sold him and they burned him to a different country, different culture, far away. He gives birth to Menashe and Ephraim. And everybody says, oh, let my children be Yisimcha Likim Kefrayim Menashe. May God make you like Menashe. Well, wait a minute, these were born in Egypt, in exile, far away from Yaakov's influence. And yet, Yaakov sees that all this continues. Then he knows that his life is really actually a life, because his kids, his children, those... You know, the the Gemaras, the Apostle says that... um, it doesn't say, when it talks about Yaakov, it doesn't say over there that um, Yaakov died. It doesn't say that he died. So rabbis say that Yaakov actually didn't die. Why didn't he die? So they want to say because his children are alive. His children are alive, then he's alive too. Which means that... Legacy. What? Legacy. Legacy, like you said before, yeah. That they, these children continue, they continue. So, so the truth of the matter is, Vayichi Yaakov, idea like Vayichi Yaakov, actually is in the Tzoros. That's when you see Vayichi Yaakov. In other words, um, after 
after all the good times and after the you know seeing that the uh, continuation. I mean, we, we we know this about the Jewish people. You know, the Jewish people suffered so much as a whole. Now you would expect, you know, after the Holocaust, after the Inquisitions, after the Tsurus that we expect, and you know, today. You don't live in a shtetl anymore. People have opportunities. Yes, and unfortunately a big segment of the population chose to go in the other direction. They took other other avenues. But yet, the people who are sticking it out with Hashem, continuing our heritage, continuing our traditions, living the life, so that's the proof for actually the eternity. That's the proof of Am Yisrael Chai. We say, Am Yisrael Chai, we're alive. What does it mean alive? Because none of the nations, none of the people will be able to um, conquer us. We are going to be through, we're going to come through. And also, Mashiach, what all they think, you know, that's why people ask, why is everybody celebrating so much the release of an individual? It gives us hope in other situations, you know. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people say, we trust Hashem. Yeah, they trust Hashem, but, you know, they say, they have, like, other ideas. You know when you have to trust Hashem? When there is no escape route. So when the Jews were standing, Egyptians coming at them, and the water in front of them, and nowhere to go, and if you trust Hashem then, that means trusting Hashem, which means there is no escape route. If you have plan B or plan C and you have something else you're going to do, then, you know, you, you, you think that you can figure out somehow to escape, but when you can't escape, uh, I think that um, when we talk about uh, this Shalom uh, Mordechai we talk about they tried everything that we know possibly with lawyers and legals and, you know, costs and fortune, tried everything to go to the Supreme Court, to the president, to everybody. And no, 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 they hit us done well, nothing was done. So people gave up and said, you know what, most of us thought, you know, he's going to end up just spending the rest of his life in jail, you know. So it's not talking about individual. We a lot of times feel the same way. We're going to spend the rest of our life in Golos, right? <laughs> we're going to be in exile because, hey, look, my parents were in exile. And they passed on. They're no longer here. So how am I going to, you know, you know, the Rebbe has not been with us uh, since Gimel Thomas, more than 20 years, physically not been here. So you give up, you know, what are my expectations, what are the chances, you know, you say, creeps in your mind. So while you say, I believe, well, then and you learn, but you're still human, and you have, you know, you start a question. A story like this gives you a tremendous amount of chizuk, it gives you a tremendous amount of words saying, look, you see, here is an individual who thought, Absolutely, that's done. And then, is that? And the same thing is in our lives too. We have to realize we can't become despondent. We can't become feel dejected or feel depressed and get upset about. Oh, this is never going to change. I'm not going to change. Nothing's going to happen. It's going to be that way all the time. No. It just takes an instant like that, the right time, the right shaliach, the right thing, and things change around. Mashiach will be here, and we'll all say, "Hey, you know what?" It's really true. That's the feeling you get. The problem with that feeling is, after a while, it wears off on you. It starts, you know, you start 
rationalizing, oh, oh, it was President Trump, it was, they, they had the political, well, you know, it's not, but the idea over here, nobody expected it. Nobody expected it. So that's why I think we're all excited about it, not just because of an individual, we should be excited, but it gives us a tremendous message, it gives us tremendous strength in our own struggles, not to give up and not to feel that the situation is lost, but to know that, you know what, we, Hashem wants, uh, we daven enough to Hashem will change. So that's why the Vayichi Yaakov. So, sure. so based on what you're saying, we, we really should follow, what's his name, what's his name, the man that was released? We should really follow him for the next 17 years and see mm-hmm. if he really takes advantage of his freedom and lives a good, solid, God-fearing life. Because yeah, he's but he's, he's just a... But in that guy, I, I don't know if we can put such expectations on him. And I wouldn't, uh, you know, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's just a regular... You know, you're good, you know, it's a good point, but um, I think that, like everybody else, we can't judge anyone, and I'm sure... Like uh, individual, everybody has a faults and everybody has their No, thing. no, he's like Yosef leaving the jail. And Yosef's life after he was released from jail was not necessarily all uh, roses, you know. He, he had his struggles. Yeah. No, again, I'm not talking about the specific... I mean, there's a lot of other reasons that people are rejoicing. People felt that there was a anti-Semitism involved over here by the lengthy... Uh, I, you know... I think is another idea over here, which sometimes uh, maybe this is something to help ourselves, uh, you know, overcome our own uh, uh, situations which we feel sad about. Is but look, I mean, I would, I have to, I have to think that if he was sentenced, let's say for twelve years, he'd probably still be there. I mean, say that it is because it was so excessive. It was like twenty-seven years that. Didn't make any sense. So that right. So sometimes maybe ourselves, you know, when we really feel it's so, we're so anxious and we're so upset and we're so, hey, you know what? There I might lie this salvation. <laughs> maybe in the excessive, in the much, so much difficulty. Maybe that is why over there, from there comes actually the answer. So maybe not to uh, become and say, oh, this is way too much that I can handle. Yeah, well, we shouldn't have to handle anything that we can't. But I'm saying it's it's just, we're looking for ways of not to allow ourselves to become down. Because once we come down, then, you know, uh, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> you keep on going further and further, and, and, you know, you lose that energy. You lose the vayichi. You gotta stay alive, you know. You gotta stay alive. I wanna just leave you with one more point that I uh, you know, I, when I talk about this parsha, usually I just bring down very. Uh, seems to me like an interesting point. Uh, so here we're talking about Yaakov didn't die, right? It's, it's, it doesn't say that he died, and the legacy and everything was fine and good. But it's something very interesting that just a few verses later on, after the brothers returned, so it says over there that Yosef no longer uh, invited them, and you know everybody was. You know they used to eat always together. While Yaakov was uh, was uh, was alive, then the pasuk says so. Now the brothers got scared because they say that the, the verse says. So the brothers said, "Oh, the father died." So they said, "Oh, now Yaakov, now the brothers, now Yosef is going to pay back for all the things we've done for him, as long as our father was alive." All right? So you know, we he, he, we didn't talk about it. It was almost like Esau with Yaakov. Esau said, "Well." 
Well, Yitzchak was around. I'm not going to do anything about it. But he and uh, and they cut, they said to Yosef, and the Yosef was crying. He was always crying. Yosef was very sentimental. I mean, you see that he's always crying. And he says to Yosef, he says, "Oh, your father." Um, uh, told us before his death that you should be nice to us, that we know, you know, they go up and, and he was crying, he says, no, God forbid, it's not, I have nothing in my heart, you know, you're good, everything is good. But the interesting thing is that it says over there, they saw that their father died, but we just said that it doesn't say that he died. So how come they're all of a sudden saying, oh, we see that our father died when they already said that he didn't die? The verse didn't say that. All of a sudden it says he died. But that's precisely the point over here, I think. Because, you know, while the father was alive and the brothers, everybody was invited, they all came home, they all ate together, they were all like one big happy family. But once the father died, once Yaakov died, and I guess the mothers have died already before, um, so now... They're feeling, oh, father died. Which, what do you mean died? Things aren't the same anymore. <laughs> you know, it used to be different. You know, when it was alive, you know, we used to care about each other. We used to treat each other nicely. We used to be friendly. And now all of a sudden, what does it mean died? When you die, you mean something stops, like we're saying. Alive means that it continues. So, if a father's influence continues, that means that even after they pass, the children still get along. There's still uh, a connection. You don't need the father to keep the connection because the father is still there, even after his death. That means that he's still there. But all of a sudden, the sons are the brothers of Yosef are seeing the father died. He's no longer, there's no more connection over here. We're not invited anymore. We're not welcome. We're not uh, part of the same family anymore. Everybody's doing their own thing. So they say, oh, my father died. But Yosef says, no, no, no. He's not going to give back. He's, they're still the same. But I say this, you know, to all of us, you know, when, you know, especially when it comes to uh, the Rebbe, you know, we talk about, we all love the Rebbe, we all respected the Rebbe, we all were guided by the Rebbe, and the Rebbe continues to guide us. But, you know, after Gimbal Tavos, there was even a Chabad, there was different fractions. Some, some, think you should do it this way, something should do it. And everybody swears that this is what the Rebbe wants to do. So, you know, everybody wants to do only what the Rebbe wants to do, but everybody is convinced that what they're doing is the right and what the other person is doing is totally wrong. And what happens? So people stop getting along with each other. People start <laughs> fighting with each other. People start criticizing each other. People start not getting along. So instead of uniting forces to bring Mashiach <laughs> through love and through care, brothers start to go different directions and they don't so <laughs> that's why we have to remember that, you know, our father didn't die, provided that we continue to live with him as if he was here. It's just like when our father was here, when the Rebbe was here, the Rebbe <laughs> loved all this Hasidim and the Rebbe uh, cherished everybody, and Rebbe wanted that Hasidim to respect each other, that we should care about each other, we should treat each other with love, with compassion, with friendship, 
and uh, we have to make sure that we continue doing that. And notwithstanding that somebody's ideas may not be exactly the same like, like mine. And, you know, we know the story of Rabbi Akiva. He had, you know, 24,000 students, and Rabbi Akiva talked about uh, loving thy fellow as yourself, but yet we know that they had disagreements. They didn't respect each other. And they all died. That's what we learned. They all died because they didn't respect each other. So what do we see over there? Well, they didn't respect. They had very good reason. These were giants. They weren't simple people. They didn't respect because they were very truthful people. They couldn't respect somebody who got it all wrong. You know, they knew that they got it right, uh, but they but they knew the other person has it wrong. They are the ones that understand it. They know the right way. And if anybody else doesn't agree with the right way, is doing it totally wrong. How could you respect them? So he came because they cared about the other person. It's not like they didn't care because they cared about the other person that he can so twist. The Rebbe's words, Rabbi Akiva's word, how could you twist it and do so wrong, just the opposite? But what do we see? We got a destruction from that. We have the mold dying. It's not a positive thing. What are we supposed to know? There has to be a deeper a sense, a sense of staying devoted, not just to the Rebbe's message, but to the Rebbe himself. And know that if you care and you want the Rebbe to be alive, you want Yaakov and Vinod Omeis, you don't want him to die, it's up to you. It's up to each one of us. It's up to us to continue treating the other people with respect. And like the Rebbe wanted us to do, then he is alive. But if we don't, then we we're, we're, we're ourselves are the cause for Avinu Meis. I mean, Chaz V'Shalom, you know, Avro Lepum, I'm going to say that. So, anyway, so the message, I guess, is Vayichi Yaakov. In the exile, the name of the parsha is Vayichi. It's all living because all the life is really... Uh, emphasized, but throughout the exile, through all the happenings, the Jewish people continue to live and to be strong. That's a sign of true life.